biggest thing is the ability to make an impact. From that moment onwards, we moved from being a brand that advertised to a brand that communicated. We collaborate with our clients and over time we try and get them to fire us. You must have to have really difficult conversations. I want to see no office wall. I want to see everything covered in ideas. There's so much data available that you can kind of get dazzled by it. And I have What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Hello, my name is Katie Sando and welcome to the Marketing Forum podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Dr. Michelle Marden. She's Research Fellow for the University of Exeter Business School and an area of focus for her research and teaching is networks and networking. Networking is actually a teachable skill and Michelle knows this because they teach it to the business school students. We talk about why network matters so much, the importance of approaching it strategically and why mapping your network can be a good place to start. Super useful insights from Michelle. She debunks a lot of the myths that maybe I myself perpetuate. And um, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me on the Marketing Forum podcast. So Michelle Marden, you are Research Fellow at Exeter University and specifically in the Business School. For us non-academics of the world, do you want to tell me what a Research Fellow means? Yeah, I get to spend my time finding answers to loads of questions that people want to know really about how you should uh, operate most effectively in businesses particularly. So we spend time looking at health and well-being within leadership and particularly looking at how we can have the most effective networks and network um, most uh, really well so that we can get the most out of the time that we spend with people. Um, and so I particularly have been looking with at the moment with SMEs and um, small and medium-sized enterprises to see how their networks look, what they look like and what they do. And I really enjoy that when I get to work with some fairly recently to see some the really impact side of what we do. So some of it is, is being researchers tucked away looking at all the academic papers and some of it we get to go hands-on and, and work with people directly and that's, that's really good. How long has, so we're here to talk about networking today. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm specifically interested in, so within the business school, the fact that you're teaching networking suggests that it's A, something that's teachable, um, but also, you know, B, something that's considered useful within business and specifically for leaders. How long has that been part of the, uh, what do you call it? Teaching strategy curriculum. Curriculum, that was the word I was thinking. I guess networking always comes up in different different ways and ever since, because it's about the relationship that you have with people. So um, you can put networking under all sorts of guises. So we've been doing leadership research and how people leaders can connect with their um, peers and with their followers and things for, for years as well. And we've had a network centre at the university now for several years as well. Um, and we teach networking in our MBAs particularly and our executive ed um, courses because, as you said, it, it's really important to understand that networking can be taught. Mm. So um, it, it can be really scary and people think, you can have really like marmite reactions can't they to networking they either love it or hate it and often people think it's really makes them feel a bit icky and cold and frightened and things and actually there's loads of things that you can do about how you think about networking and how you go about it to make that much more palatable but also to understand it's just so important because networks are about how people get things done most effectively in, if you look within organisations, but also then if you're um, working at more of an SME or sole trader, you look beyond that, then 
it's how you exchange resources with people. That's what we mean by a network. So how you and who you exchange emotional support with and um, insights into new things that are happening. So that's how things get done. You might have a formal hierarchy of an organizational structure. That's probably not how things get done. Mm. It's the informal things and the people that you know around and that's how things get done. So that's why we teach it because it's really important and um, it's worth thinking about it more strategically rather mm. than just a bit ad hoc. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that. <laughs> um, so in terms of then exactly why it matters, so it, it's really actually quite pragmatic. It's quite, it matters. Well, so from what you just said then, it matters for a number of different reasons because there's the kind of emotional side of things. So how do you get support? But then also the really pragmatic, how do you effectively get stuff done? Yeah, is that definitely. how you see it split down or is it more complex than that? Um, you can definitely simplify it and sort of reduce it that that simplify, I think, in the sense that but there's probably more resources. So there's information, there's career development, there's emotional support, there's understanding of different opportunities. So there's lots of different elements of it of what you think you might get from but basically it's about exchanging resources whatever you call that resource really and how that happens um, and for people in with good networks if you think about leaders within organizations people who have really good networks tend to be the better performers they tend to have be promoted more rapidly they enjoy greater career mobility they can respond to changes in the environments better um, they're more influential within and outside their organization so it's that's why it's worth spending time why though why does it result in all those things well it depends whether how good your network is so when we say leaders with good networks we think about the structure of your network so we're thinking about if you've got a, a very open network for example you're more able to see different things that are going on around you not just hearing the same echo chamber all the time mm. um, if you are, have a more diverse network so you're speaking to people who are different from yourselves either in terms of um characteristics that you can see like gender or ethnicity but also in terms of career ladder in terms of hierarchy but also in terms of uh the type of career that you have it means you are able to see different opportunities and move your your viewpoint into different positions so if you've got a really good relationship with somebody above you you can influence what happens in a different way than if you're just a very flat um network across your own peer group so it means you are able to have influence in different ways and you're able to receive information from other people you could also for example be uh, what we call a broker so if you are the person that then holds the key relationships across the two different groups that don't otherwise connect you're a really good link pin you're really needed as well i mean mm -hmm. that comes with downsides that you can be a bottleneck or you can be overloaded as well but where you sit in your network and how you connect to people and what it looks like influences the access that you have to resources and how you can influence what goes on around you as well the way you're talking also makes you think i mean so i think there's a lot of stereotypes around networking it's like you mm. said so for some people it's a horror story and i think you know I, in advance of this conversation i reflected back on like the first networking event that i ever went to and it literally was in the basement of a hotel and it literally was full of older white men in suits and um you know it's a miracle that i actually in any way persisted because you know i literally didn't know anyone and um <laughs> but anyway so there is a lot of stereotypes but the other one that that i just thought about then when you were talking then is that uh, networking is for senior leaders and business owners but actually from what you're talking about it's actually network within an employed environment as well 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is where you can think about your networks for everything. So you could have your own personal social network. Like who do you go for when you really need help or support or for fun? You know, we we have every relationship you have is part of a network. Mm. And so in thinking about what your network's like, you could do it for your own social life. That's really important to you, but it's all in your own well-being. But um, it's also, yeah, definitely, if you're a senior leader, of course you need to look at it. But if you're further down, it's just as essential for how you get stuff done there and what you want for the rest of your career in your life and how you go about it as well. Mm. I've read, um, I can't remember where it was, but it, was, it wasn't a research paper. It was an, a journalistic article based on a research paper about brokers and about the fact that they become the highest paid in business probably a complete journalistic misinterpretation of the paper but um I was just interested in your view as to whether or not you think that could be accurate it's definitely an oversimplification but there is something in that in that brokers hold hold a lot of power mm. So again, they have pros and cons. Everything's about balance. It's about the same as what you know what your diet is. Everything in moderation. So if you are a broker, so it means that you are the link pin event effectively between different people and different organize, uh, different groups. You hold that kind of a power of resource, so you can hold back passing on the information. You can choose to add more, and you can use that. You mean, but you can use that to your advantage. Mm. Um, or in the wrong hands to the detriment of the organization and to other people around you as well. So that does provide you a lot of uh, power. But if you um, aren't careful about it, you become a complete bottleneck for your organization. Mm. And actually, that's not going to go down very well with other people once that's noticed. And, and if you're also somebody that holds on to that because you want to keep it for your own power, that's not going to go down very well. Um, so it's about how you use that position, really, as to whether or not you can make the most of that. So in terms of what a good network and good networking looks like, where does one start? <laughs> <laughs> a million dollar question. So there's two different things. Let's separate them out a bit. First yep. is what your network looks like. And then the other bit is how you go about networking, how you do that. So the network there is an, a kind of three different elements that you want to think about really. And you can use fancy tools to do this, but actually you can do it on a piece of paper in front of you, put yourself in the middle and then start to put the people that you know around and then draw some lines to, to connect them up and see what that starts to look like. And you can make the lines thicker if you use that person a lot more. You can draw some arrows to think whether the resource passes both ways mm. or just one way. So that's really helpful just to start thinking about it. What you're looking for, the ideal network is what we call mostly open so you can be far too open which is where nobody in your network is connected to anyone else mm. you can be really closed now that does have advantages of being really closed because you get lots of support that way everybody knows each other um it's really um bonding so that's really important but actually you start to get um your influence in that decreases um, and also you lack opportunities and information coming from outside because it's all quick. So you're looking for something towards the open then so that there's a mixture of information, new information coming in that other people won't be picking up that you can contribute to that network and that you can look for. It helps you to be able to adapt to changes in the environment. things like that. So open. 
The other one is about diversity. So it's thinking about differences in between yourself and other people in your network. And I said that could be on terms of gender and ethnicity and age. It could be on uh, geographical location and also the type of careers that you're in, the industries, thinking about whether your hierarchy of um, job roles, how that is. So anything that could be different from you um, is a is a benefit to look at. And thinking about where the balance is all about balance. So making sure you've obviously got some connections with people who are similar to you, but that it's not all the same. The other is about how deep those connections are. Mm. So this is where you might have heard the terms of strong or weak ties. Yeah. <laughs> and it's trying to make sure, again, balance that you have those strong connections. So it doesn't have to be that you're communicating with everybody all the time, but you've built some kind of sense of connection with those people where you can call on them and if you want something a big ask you know who to go to equally you might have other people you can't have everybody like that so you need to have a balance where some are slightly more weaker ties where perhaps they're a bit more transactional or you don't communicate with them in quite such a, um, a frequent or a deep way because deep ties are great but they also take some maintaining so that requires energy and time so that's where mapping is really helpful because then you can have a look at who do I know? What am I getting from them? What am I giving to them? And how do I want to maintain that relationship? And you might find as well, there are some that you think, wow, I'm not getting a lot from that person, but they're sucking a lot of life out of me. Maybe I need to leave that one a bit. And so it helps you to think where you want to put your time and energy. So that's useful. So open, diverse and deep, really, the ways to think about how you want your network to look. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a lot of information in one oh, go. Isn't it? <laughs> I have like so many questions, but my brain's like, uh, where do I start? So it's not so it, it so should we map them then also around what you kind of get or give? Or yeah. so you can kind of think like, you know what, I give those people so much work and they don't give me any work, but they do give me support. Yeah. Definitely. And then you can make a decision as to whether or not that's that's sufficient. Yeah. And there's no golden, you know, hard and fast rules to these. It might be that that really works for you because you need that emotional support and it's OK to do that work for, for them on that basis. But you might also think, mm, actually, maybe I need to put maybe I need to try to source other forms of work from other people, because actually you don't want to over rely on one personally mm. either so it is a case of mapping and and then and asking lots of different questions about each one and then it's a personal balance how you weigh it up but but you want to have balance in all the different aspects of it I would suggest and then I'm guessing after that you're sort of doing a gap analysis and you're saying like oh my god <laughs> I only actually get work through one set of channels or I only really get support at work through you know that office manager and I really need to broaden this yeah, it's definitely you don't want all your eggs in one basket um, because you can find that a relationship then can burn out. You could burn out. And if there's a change in the environment, that puts you in quite a vulnerable position as well. But obviously you can't and you don't want to have 10 really close uh, support networks just for emotional support in case one gets run over by a bus tomorrow. You know, you've got to balance out what you need. Um, and that takes time to build as well. Yeah. So really close emotional supportive bond that sort of thing can take longer but having an awareness of what's going on around you and exchanging those ideas 
maybe that's something that you could have from somebody that you don't see quite so often and you don't need to um, yeah. keep that much energy with so yeah balance of, of how you gap analysis to find out what's missing but also have a think about what you need why, yeah. why you need this network so you don't necessarily need to have um the right number of, a certain number of people in all these different elements because if you're getting the right amount of work now why would you go suddenly looking for increasing your sales you might not need to mm. but equally if you find that actually that's something you want from your network then you can think okay well how could I get that who can I go to and where do I need to put some effort in and so once you've identified that so let's say you are you have identified that you're just you you know maybe uh, you need more referrals or whatever so you've identified that as a key gap how do you then so for example in the business school how do you then teach people where to find those relationships because it's it's a weird one isn't it because part of me feels uncomfortable at how strategic it is because mm. you almost just think like oh it's not necessarily genuine connections so explain to me while i get over my discomfort <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how you guys teach it yeah I think that is really important to acknowledge that for most people it feels really uncomfortable when you start thinking about mapping it in this way it feels really cold and and calculated and that doesn't feel very nice that's not what we're talking about at all we're just saying have a think about where you logically and strategically about where you're putting your time and energy um but then you're thinking about how you do this, because you don't want to just cold call a load of people saying, this is what I need. I need a career movement in this way. Please give me your number. And I want to have a tech, please give me a job. It's not going to work that way. So you want to, it's really important to think about how, how you approach those people that you might want to. So first find out who you might want to talk to or what industry. And it might be that you don't know who to, but you know what industry. And then think about, what well, do I know someone else that might know that? industry better or that um company and can i have a talk with them and see where they might suggest i con uh, connect to other people so look at who you already know and what information you can gather from them that's a really good start um and the, then you want to find you say it's got to be a genuine connection and mm. and that's that's really true because we all know when you find someone's a bit fake and they're just asking for now. Sometimes you're going to have to go up higher and you're going to have an ask. And when you get high, you have to recognize that actually now you're high, you need to give as well. Yeah. So that balance of, does change as you go around. But if you think about maybe um, a third party connection, for example, so ask somebody who already knows that person to give you an introduction. And mm. in that introduction, explain what you may, both might get from this relationship. So, you know, yeah. you may you might contact us and say, I'm interested in, in understanding about networking. And this is what I've also got to offer. Mm. So I think go into and then it takes the cold out of it a little bit, the calculating, yeah. because you're thinking not just what can I take from this? What do I need? But actually, what can I give to? Yeah. And then it sounds really basic, but so easy to forget when you're kind of on a mission to think about the social connections you've got with somebody. So when you start a call, when you start a chat, think about talking about the world around you or something in their background that makes you smile or that you're intrigued about or something so that you're bonding, not just on this one ask that you've got, yeah. but making yourself coming across as a whole person and being interested in them as well. Um, so that's a, a really useful thing, I think, to remember. It sounds obvious, but actually it's really easy to forget um, yeah. and it's easy to forget the importance of it too 
it's one of those things where so the two things that I've found quite useful around network is um being it's actually useful to start talking to people when you haven't got an ask (laughs) (laughs) because if you can start building relationships when you don't want something it becomes a lot easier when you maybe do have an ask so that's why I think it's helpful to be always open to helping other people because you don't know at what point you might need something in return or what part and from what you're saying there's probably a line around like you say balance wise around how often you're saying yes to some of that stuff Um, yeah there's definitely that Uh, it made me think as well actually that one of the really useful things that often comes back and we talk about with our students is is things like volunteering Mm. because as you said that's not an immediate ask you're giving but you're making these connections in the community and where you work and things and you'd be surprised who you might suddenly bump into and talk to that is connected somewhere else or that yeah. you have an interest in common and you can share tips with and all sorts of things so um yeah it's definitely think about it but then also just enjoy being you yeah <laughs> and going and doing things and giving back as well yeah I also have spent <laughs> I haven't done the mapping exercise that you talked about although I'm <laughs> tempted to do it but also a bit scared yeah, um, go on. <laughs> But uh, sometimes when it's useful to think about where you met your current connections that are high value in, and I don't just mean that in a kind of referrals or whatever kind of way, um, and then almost maybe replicate some of those. So, for example, courses and programs are some of where I've met some of my best, you know, work associates, Mm. Um, not actually through ever wanting something, but just from an initial you know, you're connected and that's why it's really helpful because you're connected by something that wasn't sales related. Yeah. And Mm. I I think you've, you've sort of reiterated the point that you've got something in common. Mm, Exactly. I think that's what's really important is making that connection with somebody on a particular basis, something that you've got in common. And it could be the course or it could be through the course that you, as you said, neither of you like the course. And then you discover you've both got a dog. Common enemy. So yeah doing other activities and things like that and rather than thinking how do I get a sale (laughs) (laughs) that part is when it gets depressing isn't it is when you hit the point where you're just like I have a blanket a need here um but yes anyway it's best not to think about it in these terms when you've got these uh business students then they're probably starting from zero um, often with with our courses like MBAs and executive eds, they're actually already fairly senior leaders and working with them for that particular course. Um, and so they've already got a network. I really don't think there are very many people around who have no network at all. You probably haven't thought about the resources you have in terms of it being a network, if you think you have no network. But you you know people, human beings. and that's just start from what you have so Mm. if you're suddenly out on your own friends and family who do they know what kind of introductions could they make for you um and you say go and join something else where there's just people around we we are not isolated individuals who know nobody at all so don't panic (laughs) just have a look at who you already know already and start from there what about networking well, we've actually touched about a bit on that already, because when you think about networking, most people who don't like it, which is most people, 
think about your horror story of being in that room with the glass of wine in one hand how do I balance a plate of food and how do I go and talk to somebody else and then ask for their business card and how do I move around the room and how do I say who I am and in what 30 seconds I mean it's horrific Mm. (laughs) that would be the least preferential way for most people doing it and probably the least effective in most instances oh really Um, it's really not the ideal thing I mean because some people it works because it's so random and because there's so many people there in one go and you're not really making this amazing connection with somebody that's going to get you exchange of resources necessarily the way you want it's not an it's not a no to doing it and there are instances where maybe you have lots of local businesses together for a more of a social event or something and you would exchange the you would maybe meet one person but for the amount of time that you might spend you wouldn't want to go to loads and loads of those networking events no. you're not going to get from it actually <laughs> having more of a think about who where you spend your time asking someone else to make you another introduction you'll, you'll probably get much more from that um than going to these horrific networking events that scare the life out of most people <laughs> um yeah. so that's where i think in you know the things that we've already talked about in terms of networking about getting a third party to make an introduction thinking about what you've got in common um making an offer as well as an ask um being really personal about it going and do some volunteering going to a social event if you've got a colleague already you think that they actually when you look at your who you know and think about some weak ties you might think actually that person's quite interesting or they've got something i think i might want can you can you think about how the nature of that relationship so if it's really transactional just business could you offer to meet up for a cup of coffee? Really like to pick your brains on something. I think it'd be really interesting. I'd love to have just half an hour with you. Can we meet up for a coffee? That changes the dynamics and it's actually a much better way of getting that connection from somebody who's then more likely to give back the other way. I mean, you're going to meet some dead ends. You're going to meet some people who just aren't having any of it. You can email them we like and they're just not going to give back. Mm. You know, there's a point at which you say, okay, let's try again most likely it wasn't you because if someone's like that they're going to be like that with most people so don't take it personally try a different route I think the other thing is to book time in your diary to do it like it's really easy to think okay I'll do it but we're all so busy we don't and when it's something we don't really want to do we find all sorts of other reasons for not doing it (laughs) um so yeah book time in your diary even if it's like 10 minutes a week to start with or half an hour a week something that's your time to think about your network and then maybe you use that time to update someone that was a fairly good introduction to your current job or something, but actually haven't spoken for six months. Mm. Send them an update of what you're doing. Ask how they're doing, that kind of thing. So put those kind of things in your diary. Okay, so nurturing. Yeah, yeah. Think about the relationship you have. How much maintenance do they... (laughs) Sounds really calculating, isn't it? How much do you have to maintain and put effort into keeping that relationship going? Um, which ones don't you want to put as much energy into? What kind of energy does that need? Um, yeah, it's not yeah. all It's really human. <laughs> it's really social. The thing that we really push on people is to keep this personal and social and just yeah. normal human being interactions. So I think when you start, it's it's only the communication of it that sounds, yeah. you know, cold, <laughs> like you say. It's, like, it doesn't mean you have to behave in that way, does it? And, and when you're nurturing somebody, <laughs> when you're nurturing a, a relationship, if you, I suppose it, it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be cold. You're doing it because you want to, yeah. but you're, you're training yourself to, I suppose, 
I suppose, think about it more slightly holistically. Yeah. And thinking about where you prioritise time, you might decide actually, you know, if you think about the whole of your week, you plan how much time you're going to put into your work diary, how much time you need to go and plan the food shop and how much time you need to cook the meals. And actually, I want to make time to go and see a friend. Mm. Well, that's a nurturing connection, isn't it? We, yeah, don't, the same we don't feel so bad about our social connections, about how we nurture them. Did I call so-and-so today? Have I had a chat with her? Oh, gosh, I haven't phoned her for so long. I better see how she's doing. We do that automatically with our friends, but then we freak out when we've got to come and do it for work because suddenly <laughs> we put this other pressure on ourselves and it's not the same. So think about all those amazing skills that you've got to, to have those friendships in a social basis and then try and transfer a bit over it. Think about networking more in terms of, sort of building really purposeful relationships and nurturing those purposeful relationships as a way of having a system of um, exchanging information and supporting each other in your professions. So just to recap then, yeah. So even though we're talking about network and network building, networking as a kind of um, function isn't necessarily the best way to do network building if it's just generic, random, slightly desperate. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and, in, and instead, thinking about some of those connections that you already have, how do you nurture the great ones? And how do you maybe like get some intros to similar great people? Yeah, that's a fairly reasonable summary I think there's so much detail isn't it I mean we could sit here and talk for hours about the biases that you have in your network while we have some and then and then how you can get those different interactions but I think it, it's about trying it as well mm. giving yourself a break take making it feel less um changing this maybe the change in the words that you use to yourself yeah. Mm. because I think the words networking just you're on a bad foot your stomach's already turning over and you're feeling bad before you started and then you where I think it becomes more difficult is that there are obviously certain types of people that don't want to be networked with. So I, I think more senior people are harder to reach. Count yeah. me. <laughs> no, no, I think, well, no, unfortunately, you're not entirely, you know, it's not off the track, but that's not to say that there's, that there's closed doors. No. It's about how you're doing it. And maybe a cold email to somebody right at the top isn't going to get you there. No because they don't have the time and they've already got the networks they need so it's about thinking what do you why do you want to connect with that person mm. so do you want to influence them is there another way that you can get get that message that you need to across is it going other people underneath them that actually you could have a connection with if you're not senior enough already um and then also thinking about um that again what you could have to offer or why you're asking as well in terms of um if, if it's too senior they 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 will have if they're genuinely nice people they will also have this sense or they should do of when you're that high up it's time to give but they might not be able to do that to somebody they don't already know they're not really mm. gonna have time to do that are they um so yeah thinking about other people that might again connect in with them that you could go via that route if you can't get a direct to senior people i think i would be hesitant to use that phrase and say that people don't want to be networked with because that again sounds that kind of it's that I want to exchange my business card, give me stuff. So they might want to be uh, be open to being influenced or having new information or offering opportunities, but you just, they might not respond directly to an email. Yeah. Saying buy my stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> you can see from the outset that's not going to work, is it? You just have to be a little bit more, um, I was going to say underhanded, I don't mean that at all, but thought about the way you go around it. Well, we're really struggling in this conversation. <laughs> Use your political skills. In a, in a, um, there's there's another term that people really don't like because they feel that's really cold and calculating. But that's about how you get information across, how you read the room. Mm. That's what we're always suggesting, isn't it? Read the situation and think if you were in their position, what would you respond to? Yeah, and I think what you just said was really useful as well in terms of uh, if somebody's already got the network they need, that doesn't mean that they're not open to some new information or something along those lines. And so if you feel like you've got information they might be useful to them, um, that's more likely to work in terms of building a relationship. Yeah. And if if they're any good at their job and they're senior enough with a good network, they will be looking for changes as well. Again, if your network stays static, you're less likely to be thriving than if your network is changing and moving. So actually, if they're any good at it, they'll be looking for new connections in a different way. It's just finding the right way to get into that connection. But yeah, thinking about what they might need, what you might be able to offer them. Mm, That's useful. So just wanted to touch back. I know we talked about it a little bit already, but if you're Mm. an employee, I think you have to think about networking in different terms, because Mm. if you're sort of in your job thinking, I don't need a network, I'm employed, I've got good relationships in my organisation. But there is an advantage, isn't there? Because of the same reasons that you've already mentioned in terms of information share, Mm. etc., yeah, I mean, you might be the odd one lucky person that has the ideal network and your job goes absolutely smoothly. Everything's exactly as it should be. Life is a breeze because you know all the right people and everything just flows. That really doesn't often happen. Most organisations... Please write some... in if this is you. <laughs> yeah. We'll all like a job there, please. Um, most organisations require some ability to see the right channels, the right people to go and see and how to know people to get what you need to get your job done and actually for organizations investing in their employees to allow them to to network to make connections and join up with people through informal channels is really worth the investment because that's how work gets done it gets done because you know that when you want to get a meeting with so and so you have to get through their secretary and she really likes chocolate so if she's having a bad day buy the chocolate you want it I mean there are things that's really there's human beings isn't it that's what happens so um and that's just being kind and being respectful of the people around you and noticing and and being aware of who they are and what's going on for them you know when you start meeting with somebody have a chat about what happened to their their kid the other day or their dog I mean zoom and visual connections like this virtual connections have been great for allowing you to see some of the personal aspects of people's lives whether they like it or not um so use those as a way of being able to understand what's what the people are check up on those people within your organization so and people spend a lot of time in this if we think of organizations you know if you sit next to somebody in an office you're more likely to work with them and build connections versus if there's somebody you need to see is up the hill you it's just it's physically further away so mm. you're you have to put more effort into that relationship to work better together so I think for organisations and um, employees within a company, it's so unlikely you have the perfect network. And even if you do, it's only going to stay perfect for a certain amount of time because things change, your organisations change, the people who are around you change. So you always need to be thinking about 
how you invest time in the people around you and what you do for them. Do you, because I remember years ago, this was specifically related to Cornwall, but I remember hearing a statistic and it was something ridiculous, like 75% of jobs in Cornwall aren't advertised. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's as true now. I don't even know if that statistic had any kind of uh, <laughs> data <laughs> that backed it up. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I, I kind of hope it's not true. But even that in itself, there's got to be an element of it's helpful to know if you, you know, it, like you say, if you're in the perfect role now, it's not necessarily always going to be perfect. And it's helpful when you're moving around and looking for other roles to have some knowledge from the inside of where you want to go. Is it those kinds of relationships as well? Well, obviously, it depends on what you're trying to achieve. But as you say, most people are not going to stay in the same job now forever. And um, I think when you think about that, I need to know people in order to make sure I've secured a job in the future. That can start to feel a bit cold again, can't it? There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly right, but it feels bigger. But if you think of actually, I'm probably better, I would be better at my job and better for my organisation right now if I have an awareness of what else is going on around me and what other companies are doing. So you can put that in a slightly warmer feel as well, yeah. Um, So you can, what's some? (laughs) I've exposed my cold heart. No, I think that's a very traditional way of thinking and very useful, but not every, you know, not everyone wants to feel that way. No, yeah. But I think... I think there is quite a lot to be said for that adage that actually most people get their next job by not by not through an advert. Yeah. It's the people you know and it's how you know. And there's in a way there's nothing wrong with that. Who would you, you create um create opportunities by the people you know, by the experiences you have, by the record that you show in terms of how good you are about what you're doing and the ideas you come up with. So expanding that people talking to people outside your organization, mm. which may have a view to the future as well that's mm. got to be a good thing for people to be able to do bearing in mind the amount of time you have as well sure I I think with the job thing I think what's useful is not necessarily like oh I need to make sure I get that job so I better know some people it for me it's more like knowing that you can call someone and say yeah. oh you used to work for them what are they like or yeah. you know it's that kind of brain pickage it's the inside track that you might not get that's of value from a network yeah, that's definitely that, that's what you think about what you get from in terms of resources, and that's knowledge sharing. And it may be that you don't know someone from that organisation, but it may be you know someone else who then knows somebody. Mm. Um, so it doesn't have to be direct contact. You don't have to know everyone in all the organisations around no, wherever exactly. you work. But being open to other people, and that's where again sometimes we like to keep our boundaries between work and home life don't we but sometimes it's worth it crossing them over a bit so it may be that that somebody who you meet in a volunteering group down the down the road actually ends up knowing somebody who works for that organization that you quite yeah. fancy a bit of red down the line so think about all the different routes if you've got for, for sourcing that kind of information when you need it I think I know it's not exactly the same but Am I right in thinking that you have done a lot of work with the peer leader groups? Mm. Because that's, I remember seeing a thing that's saying that Belgium had done this, invested in this. I'm probably getting the country wrong, the place <laughs> wrong, the timing wrong. But so my memory was that Belgium had done uh, some work on peer networks and that they'd been highly effective and the other country was were trying to replicate it. 
that bit of knowledge is beyond me. I don't okay. know whether Belgium did it or not. <laughs> However, um, uh, peer networks, utterly mind-blowingly amazing. So we have now run three cohorts um, of this peer network, which is a small group of um, SMEs, um, individuals who, who run those SMEs, so six to ten people in a group, and we run a process called action learning. Mm. So the idea that is quite a deep, open connections between those people to start with, sharing information together about our lives, about who we are, how. We, so you really get an understanding of, of the people that you're with. It's a, a closed environment in the sense that anything that gets shared there stays there. So it becomes quite a safe environment for, for sharing things that are going on. And then we've used it in the way of people bringing their business um, problems and issues, topics, consideration, you know, ideas they've got into this network. And then people spend time asking open questions so they don't provide advice, they don't provide the answers, but they get people to think about it and make their own reflections through hearing questions coming from different perspectives. And then at the end, we use it to create actions that they then take. So it's a very action-focused approach. But the bonds that people have created in spending that time with each other have been so transformational. It's, it's just so exciting to see. This is the bit of my job I love as well, when you get to go and see the impact that you're making of this stuff. And, and it's so inspirational listening to these people as well and how they can move their thinking on and where they can go with it. And, the connections from having spent that really quality time with people for whom they had no ask to start with they quite often have no business connect in the not in the same industry than in different industries but that quality time together to just really listen to each other and be there for each other has created bonds where they now have a superb support group to go to to bounce ideas around for anything and there have been connections where they then started helping each other out for work. So mapping each other's um, carbon footprints and providing each other support for all sorts of things. That they do. I mean, it's just been amazing. So I think, again, in terms of networking and building your network, finding some deep connection with people has been yeah. great. And actually for us as a business school, being able to make those really deep connections with those um, organisations has been brilliant because now we have this connection where they can come to us and they've been asking us for, for people for placements. We have a real understanding of what's happening in their business, how we can move them onto different programmes that we have to help them. And for us being able to get feedback about what's happening in the community such a, a strength of connection that we wouldn't have got in another way so um unfortunately they the peer network as such as is ceasing but there are other um programs that would be running like a help to grow program as well for smes which mm. um would be fantastic and should the way it's set up as well provide people with those bonds so again like you said earlier going on courses great way to expand your network and make connections really meaningful connections with people where you can turn to each other um, really helpful and realizing that you're not the only one who has those yeah. questions those issues those things that are going on so yeah great it's um it's interesting because the what you're talking about in the peer learning environments I would imagine that people uh, with really great networks have got the ability to do some of that as well anyway so it's almost like recreating it's creating an environment where you're able to do that without spending 30 years in a career building the ability to do that do you know what? I'm not actually sure. You don't think it happens? That people who have great networks necessarily have the same kind of network that they got from the peer support. Right. Group. So these action learning groups are very unique in the way that 
um, we had a couple of really senior people who had now in SME, but they've lots of experience of being in other organizations. And they found this a completely mind blowing different approach to connecting with people that they haven't had before, because often you connect with people you talk, but you very rarely stop and just listen, never offer advice and just help people to think about things from a different angle. And and you also very rarely share such a vulnerable information about yourself with people and so you could have known someone for 30 years but you probably won't know as much about them as if you spent one set of action yeah. with them so um yeah something really imp- but you can't have that level of connection with loads of people no you know you think about the, the amount of people you can actually who have space to hold that kind of level of depth with you'd be exhausted if you had that with loads of people mm. so you have to think about again balancing your energies out of different types of relationships so um in terms of businesses Mm. if you are so obviously my dear listeners marketers communicators creatives so I've always felt networks really important particularly for those in SME roles in these three sort of sectors Mm. um is because you are having to do things like outsource because you are having to, um, you know, it's a, it's a quick changing environment. There's stuff that's changing all of the time in, you know, marketing, creative design, whatever it is. Mm. If you're in an environment where you need to get permission from your bus to go out, maybe there's specific groups which, you know, targeted networking. So not just kind of like the way anyone can come, but more, so more kind of like the marketing forums networks, which are for specifically marketers. Um, How do you get that? What's the business case for a boss then? Who's maybe that's not on the radar, but the the value of it is for the entire hierarchy of the organization. It is really tricky, isn't it? Because actually, within an organization, a very large organization, I have um, people who, whose job is to network internally and their bosses don't recognize the value of networking because they don't call it networking no. and they don't like networking. So mm-hmm. they don't want to give you time for it because it's just going out for a bit of lunch. What's the point? What are you going to get back from it? So you're absolutely right. It's about establishing the business case and that is going to be unique and individual for each person but think about what it is that you want to get from it so they might think that you're going off to this lunch because you're looking for another job opportunity <laughs> well you might get that eventually but that, that it what you're going to get from it is it information is it new opportunities is it looking for innovation is it being able to get support is it going to be looking for advice to recruit other people so that you can find the best employees to come what what's the gap mm. that you see And rather than expressing it in networking terms, think about it in terms of what value you want to bring back to your organization, because that's where the business case is going to come from. That's where you're. And if it's profit driven and and that's all that, again, think about what it is that your boss, what ticks their boxes. So if they really like innovation, how can you show that you're going to bring that that ticks it in terms of innovation? If they Mm. really like just numbers and um, generating income, well, put some numbers together figure out if I yeah (laughs) yeah so if I go and find these three or four new people which areas do I want to target which industries which companies then I've got this chance of coming back in if I sit here at my desk and I don't talk to anyone else I'm not going to bring it in so it's about finding what boxes tick some what ticks their boxes and what value you can bring why you're wanting to go to that meeting not just to network Mm. think beyond the headline 
what you want to get from it. And that will also help you to go into the meeting and be slightly more um, thoughtful about how you yeah. approach those conversations and probably with more confidence as well, because you'll be able to say where you are, what you want, rather than just please come have your business card. Um, and then when you come away from those meetings, you can follow up because you will have thought, well, what do they want? What could I offer them? And then yeah. send it to them. And then again, um, put your ask in as well. So that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Um, so it is, there is an element of strategicness required full stop, really, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> and by strategicness, I think the word that most people use is strategy. <laughs> yeah. It's having a thought process about why you're doing something, isn't it? Sure. It's, um, I almost feel like the word networking needs to die. <laughs> that would probably help everybody. Yeah, because it's just, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, like you say, how much um, that it's probably inaccurate. Because the, only, cause the other thing I was going to ask you was around, so for, from the conversation that we're having, really, I suppose, events and networking events is only one part of what people should consider to be their strategy. And it's as much about existing connections and also you know I guess I do think things like LinkedIn and other social media channels depending on what your sector is can be quite useful as well um so it really doesn't have to be about going miles out of your comfort zone and you know turning up in my basement hotel with a suit on definitely I think that's really important to think yes what was the phrase the magic often happens just outside your comfort zone so you probably have to push yourself a little bit but but you don't need to step out miles of it and yeah social media things are definitely useful for raising your profile in some ways and making connections and, and sort of um once you've met somebody establishing you know putting the name to a face and making that connection but I think I'd always think about why you're doing it mm. what do you want to get from it um what do you want it to if you want to be even really cool what do you want it to look like from the outside who do you want to have linked up with and showing that you're linked up with and what do you want that to feel like so yeah definitely use them but think about why you're using them and how you're using them it's just self-awareness all over the place these days isn't it <laughs> can't get away with doing yeah. anything mindlessly no we'll get there eventually <laughs> well um i think i'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon planning my <laughs> <laughs> or at least colours and some highlighters and yeah <laughs> and having a cry at the major dead ends in certain <laughs> like why do I talk to them um okay there right. are opportunities for finding way rounds and opening new doors absolutely Not yes and I refuse to give up the spontaneous connection also you know the kind of like oh I'm just going to see what happens oh de definitely don't give up serendipity that's an amazing route yeah Go for that all the time. Absolutely. Blind faith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, Michelle, and for just letting me like hammer you with slightly random and annoying questions. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Um, the other thing I was just going to say is that we're really interested in helping SMEs to understand networks and networking. And uh, we've got a survey coming out yes. fairly soon, which is going to help us understand what lots of SMEs networks look like and uh, thinking about how they go about networking but what we also hope is actually if you have a few minutes to take the questionnaire it gives you a chance to start asking the question reflecting on your own network so it will ask you things about 
how you go about making connections with other people. And then it will ask you about some of the connections you have with people and thinking about what you get from them. So actually, if you're hesitant or you keep putting off doing this idea of reflecting a network, taking the survey would be quite a good step. And we've also got a great resource page that you can go to as well to get more tips on. And just with regards to this survey, so does it matter who in the business is filling it out? You'd rather it were the boss? No, it doesn't matter who, because we'll have a, a section in it in which you can tell us who, where, you, where are. you are in the SME. But it's all anonymous, and so we won't actually know who you are, but you'll give us a kind of idea of whether you're the owner or further down in the SME. And uh, does this micros, freelancers, consultants, yay or nay? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because it's not about who you know within your organisation. It's also about who you know outside, where you get all of those resources exchanged from. So. Okay. So you can do it too. I know. <laughs> I don't know if I, for some reason there's like a part of me that really doesn't want to plot this <laughs> what are you most worried about plotting it I don't know I don't know I think you might be surprised if you do yours to realize how many people you know and where you can get stuff from how good I yeah. think you might be you might have a smile on your face at the end I have a, I know I have a big network I reckon what I will identify is what you advise people not to do which is to have a completely random unstrategic <laughs> this will be the opening of a new chapter when I you know. can then think about where you want to fill your if gaps. i contact you henceforth you've been targeted <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then you're going to use people to close your gaps as well so we'll watch I out know. for that one i've got a gap in this area in finance it'd be really helpful if you could um, <laughs> um what we'll do if you're listening and you are intrigued by this survey is we will add it into the notes uh, on the website so there will be a bunch of resources and we'll link to some of those um, including the survey um, and we'll circulate it around as well so hopefully Michelle will get you a few uh, a few creative folk that would be wonderful thank you and of course you can always join the business school SME network too yeah I didn't know there was a business school SME network that we could join yeah we're just it's just getting off the ground as well so um, it's a Do you have new to be venture no you can be busy anywhere you like <laughs> and the survey is that just for cornwall nope that's also much wider as well yeah oh. see we're completely open to everybody. absolutely <laughs> Such <laughs> you need to be more strategic <laughs> um <laughs> right i will let you go thank you so much for your time michelle thank you I hope you enjoyed that episode of the marketing forum podcast if you are not already please do like and subscribe and you can follow us on social media or subscribe to our mailing list to find out more about episodes coming your way soon.